welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, V. And Sean, we interview people in the creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on our social medias if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Today, we have with us Justin, a.k.a. J.L. Westover, a.k.a. Mr. Lovenstein. Hi! <laughs> Hello. The man of AKs. Thank you. The man, it's not like you said man of AKs. <laughs> like I got a lot of guns. The man of AKs. <laughs> the man of AKs, the gunman. The gun, the man made of guns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. For those of you who can't see him, he look he he maybe looks the least made of guns out of any man that I've ever seen. Just to just to make That's sure you so know. sweet of you to say. He actually um <laughs> Thank you. He looks just like a little white man with a, a little yellow hat <laughs> and a pink shirt. Just close your eyes and imagine the the picture that V I'm is I'm picturing painting. like if like there was a manhunt and the cops are talking over <laughs> to each other like, all right, suspect is a little white man with a yellow Doesn't hat. Doesn't look like he's made of guns. Out with... I was trying to describe your like the way you draw yourself in your... I'm like the opposite of the... The man in the yellow hat from Curious George. <laughs> it's uh, I'm a little guy, but then I have like a curious gorilla. It's actually a little frightening. <laughs> I I've seen your comics for like around the internet for a while, and they're absolutely amazing. I think I, I, it's just so crazy how you always come up with. I don't know. They're always good. Is a thing is like you're like consist consistently putting out comics that are hilarious and and very wholesome Thank too you. oh yeah when did you when did you start making comics oh it's always hard to like pin a time but um you know lifelong doodler mm -hmm. definitely like one of my favorite pastimes and uh as far as comics like actually making like proper comics was in high school so this would be like mid-2000s and uh, I was that was when I started reading like web comics. Mm. So like the big one was Side Night and Happiness. I was seeing that like on MySpace, mm -hmm. you know, because they were kind of pioneers of using getting around through social media. And uh, you know they're kind of stick figurey, but not quite. And uh, I was just inspired by a story that Chris Wilson was talking about in an interview where. He said that like one day he was just sick, uh, home from school in in high school, and uh, he's like, "Well, uh, I always wanted to start a comic series, so today's the day." And he drew like twenty, thirty comics, and that ended up becoming Cyanide Happiness. And I was like, and then I had it the exact same moment where I was home from school, sick, and I was like, "All right, this is my Chris Wilson <laughs> moment." I'm going to follow. Were you faking sick, or were you? Really I was probably sick? faking sick back then. Did you fake sick? To, yeah. Did you fake sick to have a comic moment? Yeah, like artificially trigger my comic moment. Yeah. You're like step one, one: be sick. Mm -hmm. You have to be sick, or you'll never start a comic series. Uh, you do hear that a lot in like, <laughs> like uh, biographies of like famous people. Like they were really sickly as a child. And, you know, they were home all the time and that's when they would think about you know creative things and you know that's what led to them getting to where they got but so I drew all those comics and the rush was to share them to my friends at school and get a laugh out of them and I called it left and right and there was a guy on the left 
and there's a guy on the right. Nice. Yeah, really basic. But that's like that's what you get what you yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what you imagine. I deliver, uh, and so throughout throughout house, high school, I was drawing those, and uh, then I kind of got sidelined because I graduated, and I didn't really know what to do. And even then, I was like, I know that art. There's no money in art, mm-hmm. and I should do something that makes money. And I don't know, I kind of like business and economics. So I went to my tech school to study marketing Mm. and kind of stopped doing art for a while. But at some point towards the end of that, I was just, I was getting really bored with, unsurprisingly, I was getting bored with marketing and macro and microeconomics. You were getting bored of that? (laughs) As thrilling as that sounds. You know, you know the Peter Principle and uh, the Thomas Curve. I don't even know what that is. It's fascinating. <laughs> Let me get into it. Y- y'all heard about this supply and demand shit? Crash course. So when you have a guy named Peter, you know, you know a guy named Peter is going to do this kind of crazy stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, and he's principled. So like, I started doodling on the uh, back of my like homework, and that is where Mr. Lovenstein began because I was like. Taking a new approach instead of like the stick figure guys, I was like, "What if I actually like tried to draw?" And they had like hands and you know like different camera angles and stuff like that. Literally, like on the back of like one of my assignments, I drew the very first, what became the very first Mr. Lovenstein. But the 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 next hurdle was like, well, how do I get this on the internet? Mm. That's what I wanted to do was make my own web comic, and I didn't have like a scanner or you know way of like transferring like physical media so I was like oh I'm gonna have to learn how to use a graphics tablet mm-hmm. so I bought like the cheapest crappiest tablet from a company that no longer exists called Manhattan <laughs> still have it it was so tiny it was, it was so jank <laughs> do you mean like the drawing but, surface was like four inch by four inch or something yeah like, that it small? was so itty bitty I was like drawing <laughs> on like a postage stamp you know wow and I got a one inch by one inch graphic tablet. <laughs> it's smaller than a trackpad. Yeah, I could just do these like little. I was like doing stippling. Yeah. So, I, I I learned that and like, at the same time I was like I I kind of want to dabble in animation too. I don't know. Like I was just I had this like need to just get back in art and be creative again. And I was like going in all these directions. So, I got comfortable with Adobe Animate or at the time Adobe Flash and. Uh, and I got stuck with it, and I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to draw my comics into. And I just happened to have a friend who built websites for funsies. It was so lucky. Oh, wow. <laughs> had this tech friend. That's rare. Yeah. And, like, we had done, like, projects before where I tried creative writing for a while, and we made some websites doing that, and that went nowhere. That's stuff I look back on and truly cringe. Creativewriting.com. <laughs> well, when you say yeah. creative writing, like, uh, dot biz. Was it like, what is it kind of more like, I don't know, jokes? I was trying to make like, like funny, poems? funny articles. Okay. You know, like the like, onion type of things. Yeah. You, you know, like something awful or, mm. you know, just joke websites. Just not fanfic uh, is what I'm. No, no, no. I'd be like, it, it was like top 10 <laughs> reasons why. Are you writing Zelda fanfics or? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I did write this erotica of Dexter's Laboratory that I'm really proud of. No, it was nothing I like would, that. I want to read. <laughs> Hook me up after the show. But so he like he made the a website for me so I could put my comics on there, and you know, that was super important back then because this was uh, 2010, and this was like 
right when social media was really taking off, mm. but like you still had to have a website to put your stuff on, and that's like we're all you know like all the big shots in the web comic world, you know, they had a website. So I was just so happy to be able to like start uploading my comics on there. So like in uh, like September 2010, I had decided I was gonna go study art. I'd gotten my marketing degree, so I was like, okay, well, I did the business thing. Now, before I, you know, I'm 50 years old and regret the, my decisions in my youth, I'm going to pursue art. Mm. So I went to a uni to study, to get a bachelor's of art, of, of fine art, 2D design. Oh, fine arts. Art. Mm. Where was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in central Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I, I studied at the fine institution of... University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, mm-hmm. uh, which is known for uh, forestry and uh, <laughs> like rural urban management, like uh, a lot of like outdoorsy stuff. But they just happen to have like an okay art program, and I lived close to it. So I was like, okay, nice. And uh, so I studied started uh, studying art, and simultaneously started doing Mr. Levenstein. Oh, nice. And I, I set a goal for myself because up until that point, I was just so bad at uh, hobbies. Like, I would pick something up, do it for a little while, drop it, move on to the next thing. Mm. For this, I was like, okay, I want to stick to this. So every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, I need to have a new comic. Hell or high water. Uh, you, you need to put something on online. Mm. And I <laughs> stuck to that. So for four years... I did that as a hobby, and I mean, I would, you know, it'd be like 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, and I'm like, I gotta have something, uh, and I would, you know, slap something together, just, you know, it'd be like the worst, the worst thing you've ever seen, but it kept that rhythm going, mm-hmm. it kept me creating. And were were you putting all these out, or were, were, you, were you, was it just a personal goal? I was posting them, so yeah, like I was... I was posting them on my website, and then, you know, this was, like, right when social media started booming, so I was posting it on, you know, Facebook and Twitter mm. and MySpace for, like, the one last gasp ahead of year. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I would do, like, I didn't know, how, like, how to, like, despite studying marketing for two years, I was still like, how do I get this out to people? That's what I was going to ask like, dumb you. Shit. I was like, did the marketing studies help you out at all in your endeavor? <laughs> because because I feel like as a webcomic artist, like at least an internet artist, you you have to know how to advertise yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. You are like, every webcomic artist who's trying to like do something financial with it, you are like a small business owner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say like the marketing did come around that actually helped me out long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was doing gimmicky stuff like I was printing out every new comic and taping it to the outside of my dorm room door oh. and hoping people in my dorm would walk past and, you know, laugh at it and you know, maybe start following me. And like it would happen sometimes like people would I could hear people gathering outside my my room and you know reading it out loud and you know cracking up and the janitor one time i was like hanging out like in like a common area and he's like hey man you get you the guy who does the comics good stuff keep it up i love it i love seeing you 
your new comics. That's so I was like, cool. All right, well, if just if just for the janitor, he started solving math equations on your yeah. on your comic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get discovered. He gets discovered, and they're like, "He did it! He did it! He's a genius! We gotta hire him!" And like, they like run off with your they run off with your comic. Someone finally did something amazing on this piece of paper. <laughs> or like he's like punching up my jokes and like actually making them funny. He gets hired to your SML. <laughs> he's a genius. Right, yeah. He's a secret genius. Mm-hmm. Wow. He took these bad, unfunny comics and did the miraculous thing of making them funny. But yeah, so it was this weird uh synergy of like I'm I'm steeped in art and I'm getting better at, at drawing and then at the same time I'm getting better at writing and making comics. And then eventually I started submitting my comics to the, the college newspaper. Oh, nice. So I was seeing like my <laughs> comics in a newspaper for the first time, which was wild. So yeah, and that was just as a hobby for four years straight. And then I graduated and I was like, um, I don't know what to do. I, I moved, I made a big move. I moved down to North Carolina uh, to be with my now wife. And so I had this completely fresh break, clean start. And I was, and once again, just very lucky timing on my part. Patreon had just like started mm. <laughs> like the year prior. And, you know, like things like Kickstarter were becoming more commonplace. And uh, there's all these like avenues you could pursue to get like actually money out of making comics. I was like, all right, I built up this big library. I kind of figured out how to make comics. Okay, I have like a decently sized audience. Let's let's do it. Fuck it. I'll make this a full-time gig. Um, and never looked back. Nice. So, yeah. so you kind of like when you when you were considering it as a hobby that was the phase where you were growing your audience we did did you have any goals or were you just like okay this is a hobby i'm not gonna like put pressure on myself the only kind of quote-unquote pressure i have is to put out three comics a week i mean there were like i was like pushing myself to you know get better and make funnier better comics I mean, I was mostly motivated by like one, like <laughs> the very unhealthy addiction to online validation and watching, getting those, watching yes. those numbers go up. Yes. Big number, good. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard yeah. not to be addicted to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's too easy because you, you know, you. It's so easy to measure things. Like yeah. I don't know how they did it back in the day, like for newspapers where. It, like your feedback was what like someone wrote you a letter that was like either like you know i love the antics of beetle bailey keep it up uh cracking me but up you could use but you know Jesus. what's funny though <laughs> i i read in a, an interview of a uh, bill watterson that he said that now like i mean i'm paraphrasing but he said something along the lines of like um oh it's re- it's he believes it's much harder now for comic artists because back in his days it it wasn't as competitive as it is now because it was just kind of like you really bill watterson says it well because well because because of um you submitted your portfolio and stuff and once you're in in the, in the paper you're you're making your comics and yes you have your editor giving you feedback and stuff but now it's just because like you said it's like you're a small business and you're doing so many things 
right? Like now you're, you know, you have to put out your merch yourself, you have to advertise mm -hmm. yourself and all that. Whereas back in the day, it was just like, okay, you can just draw a comic a week and then you get your paycheck. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing and I would have to find that again, but mm -hmm. that's kind of, um, <clears throat> I read that. That sounds like some survivorship bias or something like <laughs> I'm, I, I'm picturing Bill Watterson getting his, his first negative Co comment on Instagram and going, I quit. <laughs> like, like, <it's> <laughs> yeah, he's been he'd been insulated for all those years. Uh, cause like, yeah, he retired in what, like '95, and that's like right when the internet was really like kicking off. So I could see him like mm -hmm. putting one comic on the internet, and someone just commented like, "Bad." Oh. He's like, "Nope." All right, everyone, I'm ret officially retiring. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go off the grid. You can no longer speak to me. So I'm just as like Garfield is better. Yeah, and he's, and like, he's like, okay, I'm I can't believe that. Like, like Gary Larson did the same thing because, you know, he like famously wrote that letter of like, don't put my comics on the Internet, please. <laughs> they don't belong there. I think it's also like, just like fucking luck. No, but it, I mean, what you're saying, there's like something that's a little true there in terms of like these comics were made for like the newspaper and you don't read them the same way you read web comics right i feel like when you when you come across a comic online you expect like a certain rhythm you expect a certain am amount of panels because it's like there's so much structure that's like given by like the algorithm and or the you know the platform like mm -hmm. you know how like for example like a calvin and Hobbes could be like a full two page or sometimes just like five panels whereas i feel like that's a little bit harder to do sometimes on the internet but i could be biased yeah this is fascinating because <laughs> you can like, you can make counterpoints either way because there's so many limitations in a newspaper too of like like physical limitations so i mean that's why oh. so many of them ended up being like these like horizontal three panels strips yeah and uh, you know it's like the minimum number of panels you need to get like a joke mm -hmm. to work you know and then you know like waterson was like known for like trying to like fight for more space to get more art in there and you know like more complicated little jokes uh and you know they had to be in black and white monday through friday but yeah it, it, they're so different from each other because and you know, like he said it's weird for him to say that it's harder now it's it's harder to make perhaps a really good living uh but like to break into like a newspaper with like syndication i think that's what he meant impossible is making a living like, yeah if you get syndicated but like to get to that stage is like like there's so many poor people like before the internet who like you know like submitting their big like portfolio to these newspaper syndicates and getting denied like a thousand times and never getting the chance um, or my dad tried to be a, a comic strip artist and he, he used to try to submit to newspapers and he never got, I feel like I need yeah, to find like that dad quote. Been he used to tell me legend. stories about his, uh, his, his dream, his dream that, that never came true. Bastards. And, and he, he used to show me his, uh, like on paper comics, like, you know, this big that like, like, look at this. And then, uh, <laughs> look you know, at this. he was, he, I think he always regretted not, not being a, uh, comic strip artist. Yeah. And like, if in a different time like now your dad could have at least um put his comics online and no one could you know stop him you know he could make his own website he could start posting on social media you know and then if you're good you know it'll get sorted out and 
the you know the algorithm is evil and we'll comment under it uh garfield is better yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then he quits web comics were a mistake web comics were a mistake (laughs) the name web comics might have been a mistake kind of wish we had not gone with the the term web comic because who else calls it web you like know, no like, like no web. one's like a web influencer. Uh, right. Well, I wonder. Yeah, that's so interesting. So funny. I think. Oh, man. I've never thought of that. But it's true that like. Well, I guess now they're called Webtoons, I guess. Or I don't know. Well, that's like a company. Yeah. No, and but still, I'm like, like they're using. I'm so surprised. But like that's became the, the word that a lot of people use for like, I guess, for a serialized online comic. They call it a Webtoon, even mm-hmm. though it's even if it's not on Webtoons. It's like it's and sometimes if you're lucky, it gets called a meme. <laughs> <laughs> Great memes, dude. If Keep you're it lucky up. and you've completely lost control of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knows you did it anymore. And it's getting edited and they're making your comic out to say things you never meant to be said. Um <gasps> That's so crazy. Yeah. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure that's happened to you a bunch. But yeah, see like getting back to like the numbers. Mm-hmm. There is something about posting online and get instant, instantaneous feedback on something you just spent, you know, a day on and having these like concrete numbers to measure everything on like, okay, I posted this comic today. It got 100 likes and then today's and then tomorrow I post a comic and it got, you know, 87. It's like, hmm, is this a worst comic did i you know is you know did i execute on this poorly or did i post at the wrong time uh you know just you know, it was the algorithm to blame blah 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 mm-hmm. and it is really easy to get caught up on that and then you have then you have you factor in multiple platforms that measure things differently and display things differently and soon enough you feel like you're just you're not a comic artist anymore you're like a fucking statistician and you have like mm-hmm. spreadsheets you're like um okay so it seems to me that if i post at 2 p.m on thursdays <laughs> on instagram i'm getting maximum you know reach here but instead of just you know focusing on like writing a good joke and making the art good mm-hmm. which is tied into it like inextricably but it's it is like it almost feels like you're going to the goddamn comic dojo and you're, 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 it really trains you up fast because, you know, if you're just post, if you're just drawing comics and sharing them with your friends and family, you're going to get a lot of positive feedback, you know, unless you get that one like uncle who's likes to be blunt, likes to tell you how it is. I don't get your humor. You should make humor for people yeah. like me. <laughs> this isn't how you draw a dog. Yeah. Really focus <laughs> on the dog. Everything's got to be political. <laughs> Everything uh, with with these comics nowadays, but on online, you know, people have no filter. They're going to give you the most honest feedback you're ever going to get. Some of it being like a little too, uh, like it's not helpful. Obviously, a lot of it is just people being cruel for cruelty's sake, mm. as humans like to do. But if you take, if you ignore the extreme opinions, and you also allow yourself to accept that. Not everything's gonna be the bet your best output, and you have room to grow. You can you can get really good really fast by mm-hmm. posting online. That I don't I just don't think you would get uh, otherwise. 
Yeah, so true. I, I was wondering too, because you were talking about how you you were um you started your comic when you were in, or at least you were you were doing it when you were in fine arts um, college. How was a uh, mm -hmm. fine arts for you? Like, because I feel like I don't know. I feel like in my experience, fine arts are always kind of look at comics and animation like they're like lower kind of arts. Like, did you experience that at all, or was it just kind of like did you kind of really keep it separate? And you're absolutely right. It is looked as like a lower form of art. I had one class in college. I was like. I think it was called just graphic narration. You know, they, they can't even call it comics. Yeah. They, you know, they got to <laughs> jazz it up a bit. And, but it was, it was all about comics. And that, that professor, he, he had just put that course together on like my last semester there. So it was very lucky on my part. And he was all about, you know, classic newspaper strips and even like long form stuff like mouse. You know, we studied the, uh, graphic novel mouse mm -hmm. and just like the art and the way he used lighting and all that. But we you know we're also looking at like little Nemo in Slumberland mm -hmm. and Crazy Cat, like the the really old newspaper strips. And he you know, he was trying to like impart like the you know the art and the skill uh, of comic strips. And it's like, yeah, if you look at like a you know a peanuts comic, a lot of it is just like two people standing profile you know, talking to each other, but you can be really dynamic and you can have these crazy camera angles and extreme lighting and color and et cetera. But by and large, yeah, I was like, it was just like advanced drawing, uh, you know, painting. I learned, actually learned how to paint huh. in college. I wasn't much of a painter before then. And, you know, that actually like bled into my comics because then I was like studying like color theory and learning what actual the names of colors and how they interact with each other. And, you know, like life drawing class, I'm looking at people's bodies mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, so that's how a leg is attached to the butt. And Picturing you going, this one is yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blowing my goddamn mind. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he, he called these things had names and shit. <laughs> I usually don't let my yellow touch my blue, but... I f when you when it when you do al there's an alchemic reaction and it turns into this this what is this one is green is gr this is green yeah I'm like staring at a rainbow and like <laughs> losing my like I'm like having an acid freak out <laughs> I, oh, all these colors are touching each other the colors have all been primary colors before this yeah I only, I only did yeah like red yellow blue <laughs> like, I don't fuck with purple. <laughs> She's crazy, man. Like two colors together at the same time. I don't know how to get it. I yeah. wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> Professors coming over to console me, petting my back. I'm just like, oh, you'll get this. You'll get this. I am this. unlocking hidden techniques right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, like, like I did like printmaking, which Whoa. was like weirdly similar to comics, where you have to like. Keep your you know your lines clean and have like these like solid like mm -hmm. you know like you're doing blocking and stuff like that and like, like concerned with layout they, they fed into each other but by and large no like I was mo like there was yes absolutely my my art classes where I'm doing you know the fine arts mm -hmm. and then I would uh, go back to my dorm and you know be drawing my 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 stupid comics <laughs> with you know like. Butts and farts and dicks and stuff like that. Would you still call your comics stupid, or do you feel like you're calling it stupid because they were not as good back then? Hmm. Like, 
they are definitely worse. Uh, <laughs> like you're like I, oh, I'm just oh, oh, I uh, I gotta go into my study, honey. Uh, I have to draw my stupid comic. <laughs> and then, it and is that a, was today, you know. <laughs> it, it is like a way, like a self-deprecating thing to kind of protect yourself. Mm-hmm. They call, just call them stupid, but they also are stupid. But uh, but it, like I'm try, I'm not trying to most of the time sure. do like high art. I'm not trying to like express complicated ideas i'm i'm just like the art for me in my comics was always was and still is like a vehicle to tell a joke Mm. um as much as i like love art and have studied it i'm definitely more interested in the the writing side Mm -hmm. the you know the joke telling the joke craft and i i do appreciate like when art is like really nice in a comic and but to me it's like is it enhancing the joke and do I need it? Like I, I often just try to like cut out as much as I can with without it making you know look like stick figures, mm. and just you know maintaining a certain type of style. So as far as like the art goes, <laughs> I as, over the years I've definitely geared more and more as like a service to the joke. I like that you when um before we started recording you were talking we were talking about your dogs and how like they're like oh yeah really I'd beautiful love dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> The rest of the oh, yeah, we never addressed it. <laughs> we gotta address the uh dog in the room. We're a dog in the, the room. The dog but in it's the room. funny because you were you were talking about how you don't draw dogs in your comics like your the dogs that you own mm-hmm. because the dogs you own are too beautiful and they're not suitable yes. for joke. <laughs> That's actually like a fantastic <laughs> they're these big graceful noodle bodies. <laughs> Can you talk about oh, that a, a little like, bit? Like it's a great way to like like a, like a fantastic example of what we're talking about of like yes my dogs are too beautiful for my comics uh, <laughs> for my horrible comics <laughs> i, I want to see how you would draw your dogs actually now like if, if you're down i do draw them i'd like to see how you would how you would do it i have drawn them several times even though there's no room <laughs> even though we've taken up all the room i love the way <laughs> You've drawn they, this is g- gorgeous. I like them all noodly. Uh, they, they're <laughs> perfect for that. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned, but yeah, I, I have Salukis, and they're like long noodly dogs. And I like uh, for a while, when like the Borzoi meme was going around, everybody mm. every time they saw a picture of my dogs, they thought it was a Borzoi. But they're they're like that, very regal looking. But exactly what you're saying is like the way I draw my comics. My dogs in those are really derpy looking, very like chunky and like eyeballs are squished together, uh, very goofy. <laughs> and I do that in the service of the joke. I just, it gets into like stuff like I learned from Scott McCloud, like I almost feel like designated reading for any like comic artist is the book Understanding Comics. Uh-huh. And he kind of just breaks down like how you communicate in comic strips. And one of the things he points out is like it's more universal the more you simplify the art. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you drew like this hyper realistic like person, no one's going to relate to them because it's just like it just becomes like an individual versus if you just did like how I draw like a round head with a couple of dots and a mouth, that's that can be anybody. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's me. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's me. That's me. Hey, that's me. He drew me. He drew me. He drew me. Over here. Look at this. I feel like he, he drew, drew me. me. <laughs> you gotta see this. This comic artist drew me. 
you look at him and he actually has like just dots rise be horrifying so and i think that extends to like all aspects including you know dogs if i drew like a this very realistic saluki people are like that ain't my dog my dog don't look like that but just to have this I'm not gonna share this. My dog <laughs> yeah. doesn't look like that. I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> what I should do is like every comic just do oh, a different breed and just see which one's the most successful. Like just work down the list of like most popular breeds. Just like see which one's hitting. Uh, yeah. He draws a lab, man. But uh yeah, so yeah, so like my dogs are blobby, derpy little guys, cause I feel like that. I'm capturing like the essence of a dog. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you ever like looked up like um, ancient Chinese art and like the way they would like depict a horse. They didn't care about like drawing the horse realistically. Their argument was like, you should paint a horse's essence, its spirit, its uh. That's what you're trying to capture. Like that's the whole point of art. And so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> So my question to you is, is why not surround yourself with things that would be in your comic? Like, why, why did you get, why'd you get noodle dogs over like, like a a dog that would be in your comic? Reverse engineer your life. Why do you make it so hard for yourself? (laughs) How come all of your friends aren't like very blobby round people that are very sweaty? Why do you have these like normal human people that you hang out with? Specifically, the dog thing is just that's uh, my wife's thing. That's her passion in life. I got my comics and she's got her dogs. She like takes them to dog shows. Like she's been to like Westminster and stuff like that. Yeah. Which makes them sound even fancier. It's funny because they are the the dumbest, derpiest dogs. If the dogs ever became more famous than you, would you be jealous of them? extremely i'd be i'd be furious i would say i would sabotage my dogs you know i would at dog shows i would like dress up in like the meat suit that like lady gaga had and be like dancing around outside the ring to distract him and stuff and i thought you were gonna say you would dress up as another dog to try to beat them, try to the beat them in the ring <laughs> uh, i don't think i could win I got me out of class. <laughs> I love this dog jealousy. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk. So we were we uh, we were talking a little bit about how you decided to go all in to your comics after you graduated from fine art school, and um, you already so at that time you already had your website set up. You already had like yep. your your following kind of at at a decent size enough that you got you were confident about starting that. Um, what were the steps that you took uh, to take your comics like seriously? Like, how did you? What were the major changes between like, okay, this is a hobby between now this is my mm-hmm. job? Yeah, that's a huge leap and a very very scary one. Yeah, um, that it's hard to recommend unless you you have like a cushion or you know you you really really believe in yourself. So I was lucky in that, like like you said, I had the things kind of built up already. I wasn't starting from scratch, mm. but you know, also you know, I had, uh, at you know, at the time, my girlfriend now wife, you know, she had a normal, stable job mm. that could kind of fill in the gaps, uh, in between. But like, 
it was it was really tough and really tight for two three years oh yeah huh? mm-hmm. uh, of just like fi- like figuring out how do you actually make money as fun as making the comics are you have to you do become small businessman a small businessman <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you become shorter <laughs> yeah and start wearing suits yeah it looked like penny bags <laughs> and like you know like i had to we had like we had a house that was like we had to like finance through uh, uh renting out a room through airbnb mm-hmm. you know so like while i'm drawing <laughs> comics i'm also a host for you know someone mm-hmm. crashing at my place How, do you have any fun stories from that time or uh, i have a million oh of those that could <laughs> go on i could go well, on let, let, yeah let's let's let's, pa- let's pause here and tell at yeah. least one just one just one <laughs> okay well i mean it i mean we'll see where we go after one but <laughs> we'll start with one this one's i'll say this one because it was kind of brief but kind of wild <laughs> i'm so scared there's this this older couple staying staying in the room and they were from some country in in central america and we didn't really speak that much when they got there the night of but the next morning uh we were hanging out in our in our living room and they kept steering the conversation to religion Oh. And you know, if someone's dead set on that, it's really hard to like judo your way out of that mm-hmm. conversation. You know, <laughs> except like you know, jumping out your window. <laughs> so and, and like we're hosts, we gotta, yeah. we you know, we gotta be. They're gonna review us, so we kind of endured it. But turns out like these guys were like evangelists, <gasps> and they, I think they were kind of using Airbnb as a way to like evangelize and Whoa. get people kind of pin people down and give their little speech so that's what they did and we were just like okay well we gotta like walk our dogs so we'll you know we'll get back to you on that uh and then we just planned to just never come back and hope it'll leave at some point but then like we were like got to like the the doorway of our house and that got us like they are standing in front of the door and like he pulls out a book that he wrote <gasps> about his journey to christ and like how he was doing like evangelism down in Central America and stuff like that, and like uh, you know, telling us like you need to make sure you don't go to hell. Like I'm, we're here to save you. You need to understand. Like you need to tell us right now that you're going to follow the path of God. That we know that we've saved you, and eventually we had to just be like, yes, okay, and, <laughs> and we, we believe in Jesus and everything you're saying, and Amen. And just please. You leave our homes. <laughs> it was just—it was weird. It was like it felt like being a like being at gunpoint, but it was like a priest. It's like <laughs> you better believe in God, or I'm gonna bust a cap in your ass. Oh <gasps> wow! You know, so that was intense. And and you've gone to church every Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they changed our lives. <laughs> uh, thank God for them. We baptized our dogs, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course, all dogs go to heaven. But yeah, we've had we had a lot of experiences, good ones, bad ones, but and, you know sometimes it made for good fodder for uh, for comic strips. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. I can tell you a specific one, but like just being around is weird energy all the time. <laughs> but yeah, the money making part was a combination of I had my website and I had like had ads on it through AdSense, so I was getting a little bit of coin from sending people to my website, 
then I I launched a Patreon, mm. and that was tough because I just I was it wasn't that big yet, so I didn't have that many people to look at for like inspiration mm. as an example. So I was kind of really shooting in the dark of like, how do I justify taking people's money every month <laughs> just to make comics? <laughs> Then like also just getting people convincing people to do it because it was it was a weird new thing of just like wait I'm just gonna give you money and you're just gonna make comics yeah that's it like a comic for me <laughs> no like no it's make, just for everybody you're gonna put me in a comic it, yeah it's it's just for everyone <laughs> like you're not gonna be part of it it's you know people who don't pay also see it it's like oh hmm how do I know you're doing it is it <laughs> like do you clock in like am I your boss no. <laughs> Yes, you are. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'd, like, figure out, like, like tiers and stuff of, like, mm. okay, at this level, you get this much at this level. And simultaneously, then I was like, okay, well, then I also have to pursue merchandise. Mm. That's, like, another big factor. Do you feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel like recently, like, there's been a lot of, like, merchandise manufacturers that have become more convenient. like. You were trying when you were trying to figure out merchandise that was back in, would you say 2010? This was in 2014. 2014. 2014 is when yeah. I. How were you kind of like, like uh, what, were you, what, what did you start doing? Like, what was your first go to for merchandise? The, the thing at the time and still kind of is was uh, t shirts, okay. you know, just like putting stuff on t shirts. And like, I had like my, my logo my quote-unquote logo from my comic on there that like nobody bought because it's not like everybody's like i love the mr lubenstein brand and i want to rep it for the world to see like no <laughs> so then you get like okay what's something that someone would actually wear and it's like mm -hmm. you see people make the mistake of like well this comic's funny so what if i just put the entire comic strip on a t-shirt mm. no one no one wants that no one wants that <laughs> like you just weirdly become like a giant piece of paper for people to read a comic <laughs> off of so like figuring out like i've been into becoming like a t-shirt designer so then like what i learned real fast is like you have to wear a lot of hats yeah to be a successful comic person you have to you know know how to like manage a patreon manage a website manage you know like advertising you know managing social media designing t-shirts doing like apparel design which is like almost like graphic design yeah like a different discipline and it, it was it was so hard thankfully i happened to upon a couple things without even trying so one was i have secret panels for all mm. of my comics and um i didn't do it for like the first couple years but they came about because i did not care about layout for panels Oh, okay. I just, I just didn't care. Like I just was like, okay, this joke needs ten panels. So that means there's gonna be, a, like nine panels in a square, and then a tenth panel below that, and then a bunch of just negative space, just very uncomfortable white space. And people would call me out on that all the time. Of like, wait, it looks like there should be more panels here that you forgot. And uh, as a joke on my website, I I started like hiding panels in the blank space if you hovered your mouse cursor over on on desktop and i didn't tell anybody 
Whoa. You know, I was like, I was, I was hoped that people would just happen upon it, and they did. And then it became this secret panel. It was literally a secret panel. And as I got more and more well known, and people got into it, like, I'd only do it like sporadically, and then they're like, "Hey, how come there was no secret panel today?" I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm doing this for every comic now." (laughs) And and like figuring out what what is the secret panel, so. It became like an extension of the you know the joke or like a subversion of the joke or something random. And then as like my social media matured, it became I it became this great way to get people off of social media. Because that's like mm. one of the hardest things to do. Yes, yes. And it, it's only gotten harder over time, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. especially with like mobile phones and apps and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just like how do you get people to just read the comic and then go somewhere else that you're directing them Uh towards. So I just happen to have these secret panels. So then I just, (laughs) I I stopped making them really a secret. I would just be like, all right, I'd post a comic and be like, and here's the link to the secret panel. And then, you know, in the comments, of course, people are like, not very secret. If you're telling us, don't click on this secret panel. (laughs) Don't click on this very excited secret panel, please. Hmm. I wonder if there's something extra on my website you might find. Hmm. <laughs> All you sleuths out there. So that that was a so because of that, I was able to drive people to my website, which got me like ad revenue. And then once you get people to your website, you're in control and you can, you know, promote your merch and promote mm-hmm. your your Patreon and stuff like that. The Patreon part was and still is like the hardest thing to figure out oh. and really it it just comes down to audience size i learned yeah you- as you could have the most awesome rewards and you know just you're super engaging with your audience I and mean, just perfectly like perfect price points but if your audience is too small it's just not going to matter yeah but i also pursued things like uh streaming mm-hmm. so i live streamed since I started doing this full time, I've live streamed basically every single comic I've drawn, mm. and I tried to make it exclusive to to uh, my patrons, uh, which was also a challenge because like technology needed to catch up, mm. and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was like trying like different platforms, mm-hmm. and I had I had setbacks like I used um, uh, I can't remember the name of the service, uh, something with like cloud in it, but it was working great. But I didn't realize there was like a limit, and once you went over that data limit, they started charging you like crazy. Oh so shit! Like, okay. <gasps> a couple months in, I'm like, I'm getting this bill for like three hundred dollars. Like what? No. Oh no. So like, mm-hmm. completely erasing the money I had made off of my my Patreon. Ugh. Yeah. But you know, I was like sending out like physical <laughs> rewards to people, uh, like like a goodie, like a goodie box. With random things every single month. How did how did you make sure that the goodie box didn't outweigh the money that like the production of the things in the goodie box doesn't outweigh your? I'll tell you like how. What you're getting? I stopped your... doing it. Oh yeah, because I feel like <laughs> because <laughs> I did math much? one day. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. If you calculate not only the shipping costs but buying the boxes. The time spent making the things, the physical things, just for all of these. I'm really barely coming out ahead. And this was supposed to be like my premium 
tier mm. of my Patreon. Was it like really, you know, was it big? Because I feel like um, now what I'm seeing, and that's what I've, I'm trying to do, and I think is my most popular um, tier on um, my Kofi, which is very small because my audience is obviously very small, but uh, is the sticker sticker club. I feel like sticker clubs are pretty popular and they, mm -hmm. and they're like flat. But where, was your goodie box like a, like an actual box? It was an actual cardboard box. Oh, and like, okay. And like a folding top is nice, you know. Oh yeah, okay. Like it was like opening a present every time. Oh, I see, I see, um, but I yeah. see. It was like deluxe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that was like things that we all kind of figured out as over the years with Patreon is like, yeah, if you can totally do physical rewards, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but you should do things that are flat and lightweight and easy to ship, mm. you know, like stickers and yeah. little things like that. Prints, yeah. Mm -hmm. and you know you know that was uh, and then so when that when i realized how poorly i was going i i never went back i stopped <laughs> i don't do physical rewards to this day i'm mm -hmm. just too scarred yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense honestly yeah yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of work honestly physical rewards are like a lot of work yeah mm -hmm. and um you know then like the with the uh with the merch you know i started like getting kind of like decent act figuring out like what would make for a good shirt design so money was was so tight that when i had like something like big blow up i'd be like oh like it would be like the biggest sigh of relief like like a 10 minute sigh mm. oh. and like so like one i had was and this had nothing to do with my comic strips i designed a chris ugly christmas sweater mm. and i and i had this idea of like what if it said uh, hail satan but it was like all nice you know and had like the you know stitched in lettering and like little christmas trees and random patterns but then it just said hail satan and then i made another one that said thug life <laughs> like a little heart in between and that sold like like hotcakes and like just and you know like just thousands of people buying these stupid sweaters and that would like keep me going you know for the next like two three months and then like I learned that a good merch for comics is prints. You know, like people like like a joke, like they like mm -hmm. a comic strip and you know, like you know like people like cut out newspaper stuff and stick it to like their workspace yeah. or on mm -hmm. a fridge or something. You just tap into that. So I started selling prints and posters and stuff like that. And that and that was huge. Mm. So how do you pick how do you pick which ones that you make a print of? Is is it just the ones that were the most popular, mm -hmm. or just like ones that you like the most, or by and large, just like the most popular ones. But then there's like ones that just work well as a print. Like for example, a couple of years ago, I had a comic that was like it was good, but it wasn't like a mo like a super popular one where like a guy is playing on his phone in like a bathroom stall and, a, and another guy like pops his head underneath the stall door and is like look at you on your phone you should be living in the moment and uh scolding him for like playing on his phone while taking a shit and uh it, it occurred to me like you know if i spin this as something to put in your bathroom i, I feel like i could sell a lot and then it became like one of my best-selling prints still to this day wow just by being like it's good for the bathroom. And everybody's like, yeah, it would be good for the bathroom. That'd be funny. Uh, I want that in I want 
that in front of my toilet. <laughs> yeah, I want to poop in front of that. <laughs> I want my airborne poop particles to touch that. Yeah. <laughs> on my wall. I want to make my guests feel bad when they're in my bathroom playing on their phone. Don't look at my phone. Don't look at your phone. I'll know. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'll know. And that makes a lot of sense, though. Like, kind of like like thinking about your art as something for the house. Uh, yeah. Well, now I guess you gotta make a yeah. kitchen comic and like a bedroom comic, and then I... <laughs> it's tough to not make that sound like just crass commercialization. <laughs> It's like completely selling out like, all right, this comic is engineered for maximum profits. I just made this awesome garage comic. But it's more yeah, yeah, like yeah. looking back at things you've made and then like figuring mm -hmm. out like, how could I use it? Or like just taking a panel, mm -hmm. like some art from a panel in isolation. Like that would make for a good shirt or a good or a printer, yada, yada. Yeah. Here's, here's my waterproof porch print. Uh, this is an outdoor print that you can hang out yeah. on your porch, you, but it's waterproof. When you're kicking, when you're kicking back, having a cold one with the boys, one of those kind of prints. This is one for the deck. <laughs> Bring your friends over to sh show off your deck print. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the barbecue. Yeah, that gets like almost back to square one with me putting my comics on my dorm room door. I need to make a dorm room door print for all the college students out there make a make a comic just for uh the solicitors that knock on your door uh the uh yeah yeah like jehovah's witnesses yeah send them off so then yeah so i was figuring out stuff like that and then really it just that would that went hand in hand with just getting good at social media and building up my audience and just getting better at drawing comics and also a thing that took me way too long to realize was you need to network and get to know your fellow artists because mm -hmm. that helps a ton because, you know, you know, a rising tide, you know, raises all ships. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, are, they are not your competition. They are your allies and friends. And we're all just working together as one big team mm -hmm. uh, trying to c overcome all these hurdles. And I was very much a go to loan type guy and just kind of being on like the peripheral doing my own thing that, and, you know, I think what, finally broke that for me was i was extremely skeptical of going to uh, comic cons and conventions and stuff like that oh yeah because mm. i was just like i just don't for my audience size i just don't see how i come out ahead because there's so many sunken costs of like okay i have to travel there i have to pay for you know, a table i have to pay for the merch i'm selling yeah you know, like food and you know all that and i was just like there's just no way Mm. I avoided that for years, and then I finally went to one, and that was such an eye-opening experience of just, like, being around other comic artists is such a boon, and, like, mm -hmm. it, it helps so much. Like, you don't realize how, like, isolating it is, and it's a thing I am very jealous of, of, like, people who go to offices or like their workplaces have like other people mm. and they're all doing the same thing and they can just you know shoot the shit or you know workshop stuff and you know kind of bounce ideas off each other and be like my job but you know i was i was doing work from home before it was cool it, it is a very isolating yeah lonely thing so like a quarantine hipster yeah yeah 
I was making those jokes in 2020 were like, wait, what? There's a pandemic happening? Uh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> we have to stay. We have to stay. The, have, the real pandemic is the kitchen's all out of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> we have to shelter indoors. <laughs> I've been doing that my whole life. That's a weird brag, my friend. I was already alone. I was already alone. <laughs> but uh, like, so like, I got to know like everybody else and... You know, it's like it's like getting able to just like complain about things. Mm -hmm. You know, like hard, like how like dealing with negative comments and like 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 negativity online, getting like mean emails and stuff like that, um, and like the struggle of you know making a living out of it, and and also just the fun part of it, like the the creation side. Like there was a convention I went to, and we all it sounds weird, but we all just like busted out our sketch pads. And we're like, you know, looking through like, because it kind of felt like very, like a very vulnerable thing to do. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's just like, it feels like you're kind of opening up your skull and like letting people look in your brain. Because mm. that's where like every all the idea production generation is going on is uh, in our, you know, sketch yeah. pads and notebooks and stuff like that. Like our half, you know, half brain ideas, our doodles, our thoughts, our, mm. our sketches. And just like getting to see other people's process, mm -hmm. and once I learned that, that also helped really like turbocharge becoming successful as a as a comic artist. But it really was just a matter of just like time plus effort mm. plus you know really like constantly coming up with new ways to not be broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just doing art mat, more art mat. Mm -hmm. Well, I I guess the um going into marketing and stuff yeah. like thinking about money as the as the first thing that you did i'm assuming that that helped that maybe that gave you a little bit of an edge overall the marketing yeah do, 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 do you feel like like thinking about the, the the money and marketing and like stuff like that like doing that first has like like in talking to other artists like have you noticed that that has given you any sort of advantage yes and it you know i think most artists don't really think about the business side too much yeah and i totally understand why mm -hmm. uh, and that's like the worst absolute worst part of it but i was always a business minded dude because of you know the the life the route i took in life so oftentimes yeah i see it a lot where i see like up and coming artists and they're just like not doing the things that will help them actually make a career out of it, like monetarily. Like mm. they're doing all the right things as far as awesome comics, great ideas, very compelling. Uh, you know, they're getting online, they're getting better, they're networking and all that stuff. But like the business side, they're not, you know, they're not thinking about like all the different ways they could generate revenue. Yeah. Like the the stuff that just sounds like so like antith antithetical to art. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you don't want to talk about it's just, but it's there like if you want to do it as a living that's, you know it's really true not everybody needs to i was um because even in even in animation like when there's people who want to like kind of eventually uh go indie i was talking to a buddy of mine recently and <laughs> we, we were just kind of talking about that how for most artists it's kind of like Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think about business. I don't want to think about money. Like it, this isn't, you know, like I'm. I'm just 
I'm just doing art and like almost there's a little bit of that idea that like oh no money's dirty and it's gonna like stay yeah, it's gonna corrupt money the process yeah, yeah and it's like well yeah but you also you also i don't know gotta make a living <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we must live in this yeah. harsh yeah. capitalist you don't want to fall regime. into the peter fallacy or whatever the peter you know? <laughs> yeah the peter you don't want that principle peter principle coming down on you you don't want you want the, there's you no getting the out Piper once once peter is, is principal in you peter okay i have to look it up and I, it's been a while since i've even thought about I, it's one of my things i obviously pull out of my pocket as like a businessy term thing i think about it one like once a day and i don't even know what it is you know <laughs> i mean? don't know if it's so, like the thing of like that's how important there is a <laughs> phenomenon where people get promoted to higher and higher ranks in business <laughs> To, they reach a level of incompetence because they don't know what they're doing anymore. Yes. Uh, it, I just looked, is that what it is? Yeah, I just looked it up because okay, it was that's, driving that's me stuck crazy. in the old noodle. Yeah. <laughs> I earned my associate's diploma. I love that you brought this on the podcast and then it was a quiz to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I put myself on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, Very dangerous. That's how he but achieves you won. personal you won. excellence and maintains it. You know, this is all a ruse, and I do this all the time. I bring it up, pretend like I might not know it, and I prove I do know it, and everybody's like, "Wow." Well, what a good memory. Okay. Honestly, very impressive. Just don't ask about any other business terminology. <laughs> okay, let's so, talk opportunity costs. Opportunity costs. So would you say, um, how long would you say it took you for you to feel like kind of comfortable, like, com like comfortable as in like, you didn't feel like you were surviving anymore with your career? Good question. Like not surviving, I, like I, I get what you mean. over or not surviving. Like you're not in survival mode anymore, I guess is the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay, okay, yeah, okay. not like leaping from that next thing that's going to pay. How long did it take you until you what, were dead? What made you feel like <laughs> yeah, it was the end of your life? Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah. you were stopped. You stopped scavenging the, in the woods for worms and acorns and shit. <laughs> and just laid that down. That never stopped. Actually, I love that. I learned to love it. <laughs> you can't go back. I just make every weekend. I go primal. <laughs> well, you know, if you reach the top of the food chain because of the Peter Fell, yeah, 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 you're gonna be become, Yeah, if I become the apex predator, so you gotta just keep foraging. That's dangerous. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I started doing. I became small businessman in 2014, and I wouldn't say I was like this is my like a normal career that like makes like a normal amount of money until like about 2018. Okay. So like four years. Damn near four years. Mm -hmm. Like it was getting bit by bit better mm. every year with, you know, some, some draw, you know, setbacks and stuff like that. Mm. But I think it was just a culmination of everything that I had been pursuing up to that point. Um, yeah. Cause it, you know, there are <laughs> other artists out there. I feel like I was a slow grower. Mm. I know I'm not like the best of the best out there for sure. And it took me a while to like learn the medium and I'm still learning, you know, like every new comic I'm learning something. But you know, then there's other people who just like, it seems like they come out of nowhere and they're just like instant success. And that's great, but that was not me. What, what would you attribute that? Um, What would you attribute like going, like going over that, 
line and and being and you're coming out on the other side and being like i'm a businessman it, it, like 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 i i can support myself like what what would you attribute that to is mm -hmm. that is that um like audience reaching a certain size of sustainability is that you just having like a certain method down so that you you know you have a rhythm and you release a certain amount of prints like what what uh what do you think caused that like go from scavenging to not scavenging mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and I think that's like the million dollar question that anybody trying to make a living is like wondering mm. the tipping point. I mean, so like 2018 was when what you just said, like everything was kind of like converging of like my audience was hitting critical mass, you know, like I was starting to get like I was averaging like a million views on my website every month oh that's great because i was gonna ask you that like i was wondering if your website was still getting traffic because i feel like that's something that i hear from a lot of comic artists where it's like you gotta have a website but then i'm like but do people really go on the websites but it sounds like they do like from what you're saying like well yeah and like well, you have a technique right secret panel. the secret panel secret that's panel. that was my web my secret weapon yeah truly it's 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 your website it's not tap ass uh capacity. so that's yeah i'll, I'll get I, I should get to that next because that's like the next step that really solidified things so in 20 i was like so i, I picked 2018 because that was like on my own everything's doing just well enough mm. that I wasn't embarrassed by the amount of money I was pulling in each month. You know, I was paying my bills with money left over. And it really was, like what Sean said, a convergence of just like audience size, traffic to my website, uh, having just enough good merch that people were actually were buying, mm. building up my Patreon to a much more stable levels and figuring that out more. Uh, um, I was I learned to like with my Patreon to just go for more more people paying less. Because then the swings weren't so crazy, and I wasn't like dependent on like, you know, if one one person was like, "All right, I'm done with this guy," it wasn't like, "Oh God, what?" Yeah, that's my one guy. I yes. <laughs> my guy at the five thousand tier. <laughs> what if I add a second goodie box? Yeah. Will you stay? What if I have two goodie Please, boxes. I'm on my knees. <laughs> yeah, so that was more stable, and like I had been pursuing like odd jobs as, as well like i was doing shit for like networks you know like like stuff for like showtime and illumination and like just whatever wait what like, were you doing for them scraps of like uh usually it ended up becoming like promotional marketing things mm. the funny the, fun, the one with showtime was the funniest because luckily i am that was like 20 i think that was 2017 or 2018 and uh i'm well outside the nda so it was this sh shitty show called Happy-ish that they, that they were launching and they wanted, because the show was about marketing and advertising, they wanted me to make comics for it on their social media, you know, to like be parallel with whatever episode was coming out as like a, you know, like a thing they could post to just kind of boost their numbers. So then they like sent me the scripts of the, uh, that, that season's episodes and I had to like each episode I had a basic comic around. And I remember reading the script and being like, Ooh, this is I've never read a script for a show before, but this seems bad. This mm -hmm. is not funny. This is like not my type of humor. But maybe it'll be better when it comes out. Like I'm just seeing the script, you know, like a lot happens from now until then. So 
they like commissioned me to do like six comics and I made them all and they paid me like ahead of time. Thank God. And uh, then the show got released and they ran into some problems that I don't know how they did not see coming immediately. One, the show was just bad. It was actually worse watching it than it was the script. Ah. You can go look it up. It's happy-ish at Showtime. Just like there was there was like parts of like I was watching like I was watching with my wife and we were just like kind of cringing through parts of it. I was like, yeah, this is what I worked on. Ah. Uh, and then the other big problem was like we've all been there. This all happened to us though. I feel like we worked on shows that we were like, well, that was yeah. money. Yeah. That was just a job. That, <laughs> that was just a job. job yeah. <laughs> but like the thing was like the whole show was like making fun of like marketing and advertising and brands and stuff like that. So then like brands did not want to sponsor it. They didn't want to have their ads running while they're making fun of, you know, like Nike and making fun of Dasani and stuff like that. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot, like revenue wise. So like they had a bad show that nobody wanted to sponsor. So they ended up like canceling it like immediately. And they didn't even like use, they only used like two of my comics. But you got paid. But, I got paid, but, uh, so they like all that stuff was like working together to give me like a stable living. But the next year, 2019 tapas is what really changed the game for me. Uh, they were hosting a bunch of us at a comic con in, uh, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like even like, like, uh, one of my friends was organizing it and he just was just trying to recruit as many comic artists as possible and then like they were like paying for our tables and shit it was, it was great and it was like even like people like me who had really no association with tapas i had my comics on there because they like hit me up like back in 2014 or like hey we have this new platform and we do ad revenue sharing and you know it's great and you can you can host your comics on there and i was like cool so i would just like dump my comics on there and i'd get like a trickle of money coming in from that mm. but i got to talk to the people at tapas at this con and they were recruiting people for like this creator program and the difference was for this they paid you like a base amount every month just to be exclusively on their platform and luckily once again that secret panel just paying dividends on top of dividends they were like we love that you do this secret panel thing we're just gonna pay have your secret panels exclusive to tapas Ooh. i was like yeah that makes sense that's the only reason why people are going to go there so Mm. that is what went like so i had everything going like stable on my own and then on top of that i had tapas come in and start giving me like basically you could call a salary like i'm a contracted worker but you know like Mm -hmm. like i could get i was guaranteed this set amount Mm. um and, you know, there's, like, metrics and stuff that I won't get into, like, you know, hit this number, please. Mm-hmm. But that is, and that is something that only came about because of everything I had been doing for, like, those nine years of building up a comic series, building up my audience. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately... The consistency. The, yeah, yeah, the consistency. But unfor- And, unfortunately, like, a lot of these big companies, they are... As much as you're focused on the numbers, they are even way there. That's all they're focusing on is the numbers. Mm-hmm. So when they see some artist who's got this big, beautiful follower count on Instagram or something, you know, they're seeing dollar signs. Mm-hmm. Even though that may 
turn out to not be the case. Like maybe you're doing that for a hobby or, you know, like mm-hmm. your audience is like a lot of young people that don't have money to spend mm-hmm. or et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but that is uh, sadly, you do need those big ass numbers. You gotta be shaking your big ass number around for them to see. And they come a knocking. Mm. And since then, I just like opportunities have come to me, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like I felt for so long, I was like screaming out into the universe, like, you know, look at my stuff, mm. pay me to do things. Mm. And then finally, these companies are coming to me and being like, yeah, we want, we like what you're doing. We want to work with you. Uh, we respect you. And, you know, and then I was able to like, you know, get into book publishing and mm. stuff like that. So what's so crazy is that like <clears throat> you had to it, it sounds like it was like a really long time that you were putting out content and like mm-hmm. really had to have faith in it. How what like what keep you like uh what keeps you going? Because like that can be really difficult, right? It's like, you know, like you're you're doing this, you're not making a lot of money, you're you're getting likes and stuff, but you're kind of like how how did you kind of oh, overcome man. the doubt? <laughs> Just what's your pep talk that you yeah. give yourself, okay. you know? Everybody stand up. <laughs> stretch it out. Help. I don't know what you're stretching out, but stretch it out. <laughs> Repeat one hop this time. Me. Yeah. <laughs> one hop this time. Cha cha, real smooth. Slide to the left. Yeah. yeah. You know, I that, that's a that's a big question because it's like I had so many <laughs> low points, like serious low points, and it was just a lot of pushing through the pain of like doubt. Then the, and the doubt was just like not only like you know, am I good at making comics? You know, like the whole like. Uh, creative side but then like every month every year i'm dumping into this is a year that i wasn't pursuing a different career and you know Mm. i'm not i'm not putting money into uh, my savings i'm not putting money into my retirement you know all the you know the american dream bullshit and i i hit those crossroads like all the time and like and then you'd be you'd be you'd be riding high for a couple months and then it would come crashing down and you're like back to reality. Mm. Oh, there goes gravity. And that that's I think that's what really <laughs> separates. I don't, like, don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but that like separates the people who like like burn out and mm. the people who make it a career, not just like mm-hmm. a living, but a career mm-hmm. is surviving those moments. Yeah. And I had a lot of luck, like. It's easy, like it's easy to say, like I well, if you just push through and believe in yourself, I could have easily like had one too many bad months, and that's curtains, you know, because mm. there's 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 too many harsh realities of of life of like things you need to pay for, and you know, like and if you know if you have like a partner, you know how like it's even worse because you know you're they're carrying you through those like low points, but like how long mm-hmm. can you like allow them to carry you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Uh, for me, it was just, I did believe in myself, as corny as that sounds, as, you know, as, like, anime as that sounds. No, but I, I think believed it's like... in the power <laughs> of friendship. No, but for real. No, you're, like, you're, like, that's true, because you, like, that's the, like, one-on-one, right? You have to start with believing in yourself, because if you don't, like, like then you're not going to go anywhere, right? It's, like, the fr- very Doubt will. First... What? Who else is yeah. going to right. if it's yeah, not you? It's yeah, like you're, you're your best step. cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and doubt is just a poison that will just infect you. And all it does is self-fulfill. 
Mm. If you're like, you're not good at this. Well, then, yeah, you're going to make bad things to prove yourself right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can push past those thoughts, um, and, uh, you know, then you also have your haters. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the haters. Shout out. <laughs> who want you to fail. I got plenty of my own who are like, cheer every time I fail. And you know what? <laughs> Let that motivate you. Do you have any funny hater stories? Just like people that took time to, like, do people write you, like, letters? <laughs> like, I, I've had thousands i mean not pay them enough minds <laughs> i learned pretty early on and i i've always kind of had a thick skin mm. uh just kind of like through my upbringing a lot of uh <laughs> shit talking in my youth but i i did learn to just kind of tune them out as best you can they 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 would get into your head sometimes especially when they're a little bit right you know like yeah. and then you got to take that little grain of truth they're giving you and pl- extract that from the evil they're emanating Mm-hmm. and move on they're like these eyes aren't drawn realistically and you're like <laughs> <laughs> they're right that'd be a funny cr- criticism for me like they look at my comic and i'm like these <laughs> eyes are not realistic it's like, well yeah and you and like you it's like but you didn't realize until just this moment like you just you it's like their comment made you realize that they're not realistic yeah like, like you can also these let eyes. that fuel you and you shouldn't be like feeding off of it, but you can mm. you know, prove the haters wrong, as they say. And, you know, there were times when I would just lean into whatever they're trying to pigeonhole me into. So <laughs> if you've ever read my comics, you'll see that there's everybody's working up a sweat, man. Like <laughs> so much sweat. They're dripping with sweat. And, you know, I didn't really think about it until someone like called me out on like, all you do is draw or your punchline is like, an exasperated face with them sweating, you know, in an uncomfortable situation. And, you know, I, and I was like, you know what? You're right. And that's fine. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. So I became the sweat man. You know, I, sweat I, man. I, I call myself my comic, you know, the world's sweatiest comic. <laughs> and and, and you, so you amped it up. Yeah. You leaned into it. Yeah. I mean, like, that's fine. Like, so sweat is part of my brand, I guess. And you know, I didn't look at it as a, as a crutch. Like, yeah, if I get, caught into like doing the same uh joke once too many times i you know i would shake it up but that was just as an example of like a a thing that they were trying to like be like I, you know you're just this and that's why you're bad and i'm like i'm just that and that's why i'm good so <laughs> yeah. you lose and i've now drawn you as a sad little man and drew myself really buff so i win but yeah like i there was like plenty of times where i you know, this this podcast called Creative Block, and I certainly had my fair share of those of just mm-hmm. hitting an absolute wall and pushing through, like just punching my way through these walls. And that's the thing I tell like up and coming artists is like that's a big thing that will that will set you on your path to success is when you start, it's kind of like that first album a band puts out. You had all these ideas you've been circ- you know, like been swirling in your brain, just hit after hit. You get them all out there. All right, and then you've expended your tank of ideas, mm-hmm. and now you got to start pulling from nowhere again. And I feel like you know, like that sophomoric slump that like most creative people hit. Mm. And then you learn that there's no- it's not a sophomoric slump; it's just slumps. There's just if you look off into the horizon, it's just a series of slumps that you're going to be 
hitting over and over again. <laughs> and you have to accept that and push through it and be okay with making bad stuff on the regular. And uh, like, so like, I remember like one time I had like three or four, five, 10, I don't know, bad comics in a row. And I, I and it wasn't just like, people just don't appreciate what I'm doing here. Mm. It's actually good. Like, no, I was like, you know what? Yeah, these are bad. <laughs> and, and But I was like, I can't stop making bad. My brain, my brain is just in bad mode. I hit, I, I hit a switch and I just didn't think I could get out of it. Like, you just felt, I started to feel trapped and like, I have days where I was like laying face down on the ground, mm-hmm. just like, oh, mom brain, you were funny once. <laughs> you can do it. You still got this. You know, like maybe I had the tank has been emptied and that was it. If you had to compare yourself to like, like if you had to compare yourself to something <laughs> that's smashing through the wall of creative block, you know, Kool-Aid man, <laughs> like, are you, are you like the slow, like the like in, in prison chipping away mid, digging a tunnel like how do you how do you break through the wall i'm sure that everybody has a different right. method of breaking through that wall you know i love digging into that metaphor you more. a chipper yeah you a chipper you a smasher <laughs> you a digger i mean in, in, in you know indulge metaphor i'd say like any which way i can but mm-hmm. it to me it does feel like like smashing through it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I have this string of just bad ideas, but because I allowed myself to be bad, and by allowing myself to be bad and just getting that crap out of my brain, uh, mm-hmm. eventually, because I believed in myself, I am going to make that next good comic, and that will rescue me. And it, it's, it's going to happen. You have to tell yourself, it's going to happen. And what helps is you just keep doing art anyway and, yes. and allow yourself to be bad for a little bit and just keep going. Yeah. And not like, you know, not, not letting yourself be like, it's over. Your best days are behind you. You were funnier when you were younger. Now you're a confused old man that can't make a joke. You, can, you just can never let that happen. You have to be like, there yeah. is another comic out there that you haven't made yet. That's going to be great. And what helps is every time you do this, every time you smash through that wall, you can then look pat, look back to that moment, and it just reinforces the 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 possibilities. Because like I remember hitting like a wall, like a big like a big wall, like I was saying earlier, like seven years ago, right? I felt mm-hmm. like I couldn't do another funny comic seven years ago, and like I think, well, think about everything. You have made since then that would not have been made if you just, you know, threw in the towel. Mm. So when I hit that wall today or tomorrow, it's going to happen. I just remember, like, there's going to be a comic I make three years from now that only existed because today I pushed through and accepted that I'm going to be bad sometimes and I'm going to keep making to get to that. So... Uh, that is really what has kept me going is this momentum of overcoming it over and over and over again. And it's still going to get me down. It's not like I'm immune to it. If I, you know, after this podcast have like like four bad comics in a row, that's going to get me down, but it's never going to stop me. 
That's really great. I feel like I've never, yeah. I've never heard that answer because, like, um, it's kind of fun that you stumbled onto answering that question because we do ask the question about like creative block to your guests, uh, and we've yeah. never, we've never had like that answer, and I think that's really great because, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, uh, it's it's in a fun way. It's kind of like like having faith that you know, it, mm -hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. And it's, it's really is to just go back yeah. to the missionaries that saved you. You had faith, <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah, it the, wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. My my faith <laughs> in myself and God. <laughs> <laughs> when they baptized you in your sin, <laughs> you knew that you were gonna get through anything. But uh, and and to get more like specific, I mean, there are like little strategies mm. that I like, like let's say my writing. Is getting stagnant and I just don't like the direction I'm going in. There's a couple of things I'll do. Like one is I'll just focus on the art. And I'll be like, all right, let's let's spice up the art then. Let's have fun with the art. Let's doodle. Let's sketch. Let's change it up. You know, I'm a, mm. I haven't really changed my style in a while. And then sometimes that I'll just draw a face weird. <laughs> a weird expression. I'm like, okay, something's here now. And then like a joke can be, you know, extrapolated from that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I do is I write down everything, everything. So every stupid thought that crosses my mind, I'm, I'm always in the back of my mind. I, for better, or for worse, thinking about comics, thinking about jokes. Uh, it's kind of like a lens I see the world through. And because I'm building up this mass of mostly bad, but sometimes okay half-brained ideas i can go back to that well whenever i need to and have you know past me help me out and i've had or like you know i've had jokes that i was like i hit a dead end with and i was like i have no idea how to make this work and then like five years later i you know blow the dust off an old sketchbook and i see it and i'm like ah because of like uh, my writing and, and art had evolved enough i was like oh i could see how i could do this now easy uh, if you finish talking to me and write something down, can you let me know? Because it makes me feel really good. Oh, if you inspire a joke, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make a note. No, if you like finish talking to us here and you like write something down afterwards based off the conversation, mm -hmm. just let me know because that uh, makes me feel really good. I'll uh, I'll make a little note on the comic that you in inspired, and then when you see that it bombed, you'd be like, oh, oh God. <laughs> I just write that down. I did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a comic about like really stupid interviewers. <laughs> like, 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 a, like the worst interview yeah. ever. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, yes, pumped. I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get that a lot with like hanging out with like family. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like they fucking trip over something. Like they trip over an ottoman like Dick Van Dyke. And they're like, don't put me in your comic. Don't you do it. <laughs> Or like they mess up saying a word. Oh, don't you do it. It's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, I have so much power. What are you going to do to stop me? Yeah, you can like threaten them to put them <laughs> yeah, in your Blackmail yeah. my family. That's actually like my third biggest source of revenue is uh, blackmail. Blackmail <laughs> of my friends and family to keep them out of my comics. I love too that like your style is so specific that everybody would know exactly who it is from your family that's in the comic, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like so hyper realistic. <laughs> yeah, that would be very funny if like 
<laughs> out of nowhere. Everyone in your a, family all at once is like, yeah. yeah. I, I, all my blob guys. And then there's this very, very highly detailed, realistic human. <laughs> but since none of my guys are wearing clothes, I guess like their dick and vagina is just out there. Oh, man. Yeah, that's um, that was awesome. I feel like, um, yeah, there's just so much good stuff in um, all of the stuff that you've shared with us. I um, I like that you have, like, <laughs> you have your two books that are out. One is called Failure, and the other one is Feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and my question is, did you go to therapy, or, did, or are the comics the therapy? <laughs> comics are definitely therapy because they're like i don't know i feel like it's like i know they're jokes and you know you're you're trying to make your audience laugh but like there's always like obviously you know like it like some wholesome truth in them that's like really sweet and insightful like thank you yeah is is you know failure and and the the pathos of that it was just i it is like a lot of navel gazing and uh you know i'm a great inspiration uh, for that subject and it's it's cathartic as all hell like i would almost recommend make doodling comics just completely just for fun just exploring your like your inner demons and your thoughts and your doubts and like a thing i think about constantly uh is just like why we fail and why we have shortcomings and like how we get mad at ourselves and like mm. you know like ask yourself weird questions like oh like why did you do that and you're saying it to yourself who's supposed to have like full autonomy and yet there feels like there's forces beyond you like an example for me is like i think a lot about motivation and laziness and stuff like that mm. Cause it's weird because it's always the advice for that stuff is so stupid. It's always the opposite of what you're doing, which you don't have access to. Mm-hmm. So like I did a comic, it's like this sloth and he's like, how do I overcome laziness? And his girlfriend just says effort. And the sloth's like, Oh, okay. Well then the system's rigged. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's like, you know, like if you're feeling lazy and someone's like, Okay, well, to stop being lazy, stop being lazy. Yeah. Just start doing things. So, <laughs> like, well, where am I supposed to get that from? Like, mm-hmm. I have to somehow find this, you know, motivated person deep within me somewhere, apparently, and get them to triumph over my my lazy self. And I just feel like that's a goldmine of, like, of humor and of like interesting comics, of just. You know, the human condition is, you know, endlessly yeah. to be talked about. And, you know, I just sliced out my little niche of kind of looking at it and, you know, through my through my eyes. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really great. Like, I, um, yeah, there's like a lot of thoughts that go into these jokes. <laughs> like how, like, I guess, like your writing process for a joke, can you kind of describe how that goes a little bit? Like, do you kind of... Oh man, you're asking the big one. First, <laughs> yeah, like because you know, like, I'm sure you don't wake up one morning and are like, "Yeah, it's a great comic." Actually, you're not gonna believe this. 
Yeah, I guess I touched on it here and there. You know, the, the question that everybody always wants to ask is like, where do you get your ideas? And like, mm. how do you how do you come up with your jokes? And people like are always like afraid or like hate that question because it's so nebulous. Mm-hmm. And I, don't know, I guess like some people were like afraid to reveal their process, their mm. secret sauce. Are you scared right now? Just checking in. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm uh, biding. T- I'm uh, making time so I can figure out a way to not reveal too much. You still have time but to no. trademark this. <laughs> yeah. my, my process yeah. come out with a yeah. my own self-help book yeah alone side like, method well actually there's a this puddle of mysterious goop behind my house that i go yeah. outside and i drink every morning <laughs> yeah i think uh perry bible fellowship has a, a joke about that it was just like he goes to this well of ideas that he pulls out of and every time it like it's like a picture of dorian gray's situation but my process is to really get into like the nuts and bolts. The big one is, as I said, I mentioned earlier, mm. always be thinking ABT mm-hmm. <laughs> about jokes and about comics. There is just this little hamster wheel running 24 seven. So when I'm looking around the world and I'm talking to you and I'm talking with my friends and family or reading articles, there's something that's always pulling at me like, Hey, there's some here or some here. So I write that I write that all down. So I just I fill notebooks and my note app on my phone and all that just wherever I can scribble it down. Mm. Combined with I will just allow myself to have little doodle sessions where mm. I I'll look up a thing like today I'm going to doodle bicycles, today I'm going to doodle uh beetles, today I'm going to doodle houses, you know, just angry people, happy people. And sometimes that knocks something loose. But to like really get into like the the brass tacks is like when it comes to like the actual crafting the joke. Sure, there are times where it's like a lightning bolt moment hits, mm. and it's like it's come down from God, who I believe in and worship every day, and <laughs> from the heavens I get this fully formed joke, and I can I can not only see the joke, but I see the panels, I see how I'm gonna lay out the art. Thank you, Jesus. You're, you're hilarious. That would be so um, funny if if Jesus died on the cross just to give us comics ideas. I think so. I think that's yeah. He couldn't do it as a man, but in in the kingdom of heaven, he's got enough spare time to be like, what's the deal? But when I'm like actually writing a joke, it is like I will fixate on. A concept or something like one of my favorite things to do is take a a a, a uh and a, like a old bit of wisdom or advice or like some something that's been like people just say mm. you know like something that's like oh you know this is common knowledge this is common sense and then i, I twist it a little bit you know i mess with it like if it's something that's supposed to motivate you, I'll make it demotivational. If it's something mm. that's supposed to, you know, like it's a scare tactic, I make it like an encouragement, you know, like like a, a simple, a really simple one recently I did was everybody like, everybody all of a sudden started saying, stay hydrated, everybody, stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for the love of God, we all got to drink, you know, 10 gallons of water a day. You should be pissing every seven seconds. Mm. And, you know, that's, it's fine advice, but it is kind of weird that we got so 
hung up on like say, like the exact wording too of like stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. So I just like, well, what if I made a comic where a guy's encouraging you to stay dehydrated? You know, just doing the giving you the opposite, stupid, wrong advice, and then you know thinking, well, what what's the benefit of doing that? Why would you stay dehydrated? And, and I was like, well, you know, you, I would literally like look up like, okay, what are the medical effects of dehydration? okay yep so you get like delirious and stuff like that I was like okay well then if you're dehydrated enough you can just kind of check out from the world because you're so delirious and delusional and out of it that you don't have to like nothing can hurt you it's like free drugs you're hallucinating <laughs> yeah yeah yep. so it, you know it's things like that that's and, cool yeah you know or like taking two concepts squishing them together but it, it's a grind you know like i have to like mm-hmm. it takes me hours and hours of just like fine-tuning a joke and then once i got the bones i gotta figure out how i'm gonna word it mm-hmm. which seems like like such an afterthought for a comic but i take my I, I i every word i put into a comic i take into you know account like i yeah. try to be as efficient as possible and use like the right like i'm i've spent so much time on the thesaurus.com and looking up the etymology of words and trying to like what word absolutely perfectly encapsulates the concept that this little turtle is trying to tell this frog, you know, about. This is like so. I'm so happy to hear that because I feel like when I try to write, I do that, and I always thought, well, it's because English is my second language, so I don't know the words that well. And I'm like, I and I, I have always wondered if other people spend a lot of time on the thesaurus, but. Yeah, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have a do you have a word that you really like that you've been trying to figure out how to shoehorn into a comic, but you haven't found the right place for it? No, no. There, are, it's like I do have the opposite problem sometimes, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I keep going to a word, mm. and I'm like, I got to stop saying this in all of my comics, especially because so I feel like, the... oops, sorry. I was gonna say, I Go feel ahead. like comics, you don't have a lot of room for speech bubbles like i feel yeah, like that's another factor yeah there's real estate exactly and you don't want to have to it's something that it took me a while to understand but especially for web comics or like comics online people don't like to spend a lot of time reading so the least yeah. amount of words that you can have on in a speech bubble the best it is and so they're like, already reading on yeah. their phone you know like it's small <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but... it's got to be big and easily legible. Like, mm-hmm. I did a little guide once on like how to like write a joke for Tapas, and one of the big things I said was, "Words are your enemy. The mm-hmm. lesser of them you have, the better." Mm-hmm. And you know, and then there's a classic like show don't tell, which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. There are the outliers that can make a great comic that has got these dense paragraphs, you know. But That's a by and large, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. works. But you know, mm-hmm. for the most of us, for us regulars short and sweet is the way to go mm. yeah so like sometimes i get like big words big words do scare me because mm-hmm. it's like i have to make this fit in a fucking talk bubble i wanted to do a comic on planned obsolescence oh. that's a word i do like though by the way obsolescence that's just that just okay rolls so this there. is sort of answering that question is like you wanted to do a you had a word that you were like okay how do i have to how can I fit this yeah. this word into a comic kind yeah, of Yeah, like the terminology I wanted. And I, I wanted mm-hmm. it to be that exact term because that's what, you know, like articles throw around when they're talking mm-hmm. about like why your iPhone breaks down early or why your 
your toaster's a piece of shit. Mm. So like I needed the planned obsolescence in there. So I had to like fit everything else around that. So it's like, I'm literally shaving letters off so I can fit this, you know, aircraft carrier of a freaking word into my, this pond <laughs> basically. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we'll we'll cut we'll cut we'll cut the um, and the lols. Any awkward work. pause? No, leave yeah. that in. No, leave it in. Leave it happens in. in life. No, we were just See, thinking that's about a, awkward. That's a comic right there when you're talking to someone and just like everyone's lost the thread. I was just like, sorry, you all, you're you all arrived like... at the destination, then you realize you're not quite there yet. You all got off at the wrong bus stop at the same time. Like, oh, and then, it's like and when everybody you... steps off the elevator. Like, yeah, wrong floor. <laughs> Well, and, and then you start commenting on the pause, and then you're like, yep. "No, no, now I'm talking about the pause, and now <laughs> this, this pause is Got such a left. big moment. Now we're talking about it. It's bad when you are analyzing every word that is coming out of your mouth in real time. And you know, sure. the jig is up. The jig is up. You well, must have uh, an earpiece in your head, in your ear. It's like, run, run now, abort." <laughs> No, I think it's like, I think it's a, I do want to, I didn't know you made a little guide for tapas. That's so great. I want to mm -hmm. look that up and like all of your little tips and stuff. Cause I, cause you make, cause it's true. Like I think for the way you do comics is like every strip is like, you have different characters. Like you don't like you, you might reuse a design, but they're not a, like a recurrent character. So every time you have to set up an entirely new situation and like, uh, and it's an entirely new 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 joke environment uh, and in characters. So that's like really interesting. Are um, there any drawbacks to that? Like, have you ever wished that like, like, like I would you know like how some comics will have like short series of like you know maybe there's like ten strips in a row that are a little story. Or whatever like i i know that they used to do that in the papers a lot um is that something that you've ever wished that you included in your comics just so you didn't have to come up with a brand new complete situation with brand new characters and set up every single comic great question or have you done it it's weird uh it's almost like a hybrid thing um it's funny because like all almost every single newspaper strip has characters like recurring characters like that's what's kind of built around mm -hmm. even if they're just kind of placeholders but uh, a phenomenon with web comics uh is most of them don't have recurring characters or they the artist puts themselves in it mm -hmm. and you know i'm obviously the, the former and there are pros and cons the pro and why like why i do it is that it's just free and loose and i don't have to build this world and I don't have to maintain this world and these characters and I don't have to worry about consistency or it's like, you know, if I had a character like everybody's favorite Garfield, he's grumpy and gluttonous uh, and, you know, he's got these set character traits. So that's limiting in a way. They can only do so much and, you know, and that's why I like Oftentimes you end up with like 20 characters because they keep boxing themselves in and they're like, well, okay, we need something new that's, that's coming from a different angle. I don't have to worry about that. I just have these random people in random situations. Mm. I do have recurring characters that all came about organically. Um, the most famous one is Gabe. And Gabe is often confused as Mr. Lovenstein. Mm. Uh, Mr. Lovenstein is just the name of the comic. It, like it's like 
it was a joke to, to myself of making a comic strip with a proper name. Like, it has its own social security number and can vote and stuff. <laughs> but Gabe is, like, the, the the guy with the big eyes and the little yellow hat. And he just came about because he had a personality that I could work with. You know, it was almost like coming across like an actor, like as a director, and there's just like an actor that I gel with that can deliver like a type of energy that I need. And Gabe, who's like an endlessly to a fault, like kind, sweet, you know, positive, never has a negative thought, always pot, like never doubts the motives of anyone else around him. He was perfect fodder for like the horrible world that my characters occupy of just, you know, <laughs> a lot of hostility. There's a lot of like, a, you know, failures, a lot of powerful emotions. And he works well with that. Cause he, he always kind of bucks everything that I'm doing. Mm. So I'm allowed to put him in situations that the humor is just derived from his unfailing positivity in the face of putting him in, like really sad situations. Cause like almost all, when I think of a Gabe comic, it's almost like, I think about like something very sad, something very lonely, something like feeling like a social pariah. Hmm. It's like, well, Gabe would just push right through that. You know, he would, he wouldn't let it get him down. So like if he uh, was like, I have one where he uh, is talking about like, I, I guess the most famous one where he's talking about like how great the internet is because you can just talk to anybody anywhere in the world. Like it's, it's a, it's a miracle. It's amazing. And his first thing he says is like, hello world. And the first response he get, he gets is someone saying, kill yourself. But he's just like, he says marvelous. He's happy. He's just like, he's just happy to be talking to somebody. And that's the advantage I think of having a recurring character is one, it gave me like a, it gives you a brand. Like all of my profile pictures and all my social media is Gabe. Mm-hmm. You know, like people get attached to him. He's on my merch. Uh, he's on the cover of one of my books. And also then like I have like this stock character that I can build jokes around. And everything else is, is falling the same way. Like I have like a turtle, this weird looking turtle and like a frog guy and a, a sad koala even like God himself uh, isn't like almost like a recurring character in my comics. So like when a joke, I feel like fits those, those characters, I'll use them, but they just kind of pop up every once in a while. And the advantage of those is that that's when we're talking merchandising, that's how you, that's how you succeed with merch with merch. When people you know? know that character. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my, my derpy looking dog. People want that derpy looking dog on a shirt. They want a sticker of them. You know, uh-huh. I made a plush of that. You know, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't, have, wouldn't be able to make those types of things. So that's why, like, I'm okay with where I'm at, where it's a hybrid of sure. most of the time, random blo- sweaty blob guys and gals. And every once in a while, I bring in someone from the crew, from someone from the cast, you know, one of my stars. Uh, I pull them out of their uh, trailer when they're not being prima donnas 
and uh, yeah, give them give them their own comic. Have you ever done like an A team like like this comic? I'm putting all the stars in there. I'm putting I'm 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 bringing all the characters back. This is the, <laughs> the reunion. Yeah, big so like yeah, when like networks put all their celebrities together, the Avengers of the Avengers, like, the Avengers of Mr. Lovenstein. <laughs> I won't. Not really. They're so like they they really stay in their lane, and I've had a little bit of crossover. But the only time that happened, and it was almost like a passing of the torch, was I had this character back in the day that, like, old, you know, Mr. Lovenstein heads are going to know called Id. And he was, like, my, one of my first recurring characters. And his thing was just he was just fucking weird and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But the problem was I just, it became too hard to write for mm. a character like that. It's just like, well, he's basically a blank slate. And then Gabe came about, and Gabe was way better. So then I had a comic with both of them together, and I felt like <laughs> like passing a torch, like I'm killing Id. You know, Id could Id walk, so Gabe could run, kind of a thing. Mm. R.I.P. R.I.P. We got a lot of questions from Patreon, Instagram, and Twitter. I really like this question from our patron Mallard. They ask, "The act of starting a webcomic is so daunting and intimidating to me. Yes. Do you have any tips for?" overcoming that fear of starting a big long-running project like that well the first problem there is immediately assuming it's going to be this big long-running project Mm. Uh, really the best way is to take it one comic at a time and because i i see a lot where people have like built up these plans they have this roadmap they got the name for their comic they got their characters you know like they've drawn their characters a whole bunch and then it comes time to actually make the comics and they freeze up and it's not living up to this vision they had and it all collapses. I think it's much easier to just just start. Mm-hmm. Uh, just start making comics, um, simple comics. And not only are you making them, you're putting them out there. You know, it doesn't have to be like on every single platform on the internet. It doesn't have to. It could even start with just like your friends or like an art group you're a part of. Um, but you got to share them. You got to let, let other people get their eyeballs on it, get an outside perspective. And then just think of it this way. Like every single time you do a comic strip, you've just learned something. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just an opportunity. It's just like, you're going, like I said, you're going to the dojo every time you make a comic and put it out there. You're going to just take away something from it and put that into the next comic and then the next comic. And, you know, as we've spoken about a lot already, like, there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be better ones. There's going to be worse ones. But, and, 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 and from a production side, you know, a lot of people get hung up on like how I make my comics. Like, you know, like what software do you use? Like what, uh-huh. like what kind of graphics tablet should I use? It's like, buddy, just take a sheet of paper and a pencil and just start going. Like uh-huh. most people have smartphones, which has got a camera on them. That's basically like, uh, you know, a, a cheap scanner. Mm-hmm. So just doodle, doodle your comic, take a photo, post it online. Or some people that that's their whole comic is that it's all like physical media that they like put on like a post-it note or something. Don't just like remove as many barriers as you can to get to the actual production side of just like producing, creating, writing, thinking about it, talking about it, sharing it, being inspired by other people, getting so, getting yourself involved in the comic community or whatever slice of that community that you gel with most. And you'll find your voice. Like, you know, not everybody's built for comedy. 
Mm-hmm. Some people like it's comedy adjacent, like slice of life can be funny, but it's not always humor directed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, I think that's why a lot of people end up going with a comic with themselves in it. Cause it started off as like a diary slash journal comic about their own lives. And that's a great way to start because mm-hmm. you're, you know, we're all pulling from life. You're just being a little bit more specific to your own life and just kind of like weird shit happens every day. Or you have, you know, you have weird thoughts or like, you know, you're, you're just out, you're out and about and you see something or you're, you, you witness something that is unique, make that into a comic. And so the biggest thing I can say though, is just make things just don't even worry about the format. If, if you feel constricted by, oh, it's gotta be three panels. It's gotta be four panels. Just let it be loose. Let it be a single panel. Let it be a series of images like Instagram has got like the slideshow and so is TikTok of just, it can just be a series of images, uh, you know, like just connected, loosely connected thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe you end up moving away from comics cause you like the art more, or maybe you become a writer. You won't know until you start doing, doing it. So that's my advice. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. I feel like, I feel like it's, that's the hardest thing to overcome, right? Is like to be just to just like start to just like not overthink it, like overthinking it. Oh, it yeah, kind of kills it. Yeah, and you know you <laughs> want it to be good. Of course, we yeah. all want to make the best thing ever always, but you're just not, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And and if you lower the stakes, and you just make it like you tell yourself like I'm just doing a dumb little thing, mm-hmm. and I don't care. Even if you do care, just tell yourself you don't care. It does make it easier. I'm also surprised. I don't I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I'm also surprised sometimes like the more like shit posty like a comic will look, sometimes the better it does. Like there's a thing mm-hmm. on the internet where it's like if it looks a little bad, it's almost better. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like memes have proven that to be true. Like there's like a barrier of quality where if you go above it, sometimes it feels intimidating and yeah. doesn't feel like it's meant for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's, if it's crummy and crappy looking and it looks like anyone could do it, yeah, well, then anybody can enjoy it too. And then anybody can get... Because I feel like that's what memes do is memes allow people who don't normally think they're creative or can you know make creative things. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, I, can, I actually have a spin on this meme I think I could do. Mm-hmm. And it's no big deal. And it's absolutely true with with comics. And, you know, if your style is rough and your writing is rough, that is appealing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be your what well, your secret to your success is. And it's going to be through your filters, you know, no matter what how hard you try, it's going to be coming from you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> as damned as hard as you try, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna taint it. And that could be the mysterious goop in your backyard. Yeah, you drink your own special. Morning. Find your own special goop. Find your, your own, own special goop. That's what Gwyneth Paltrow did. <laughs> from at Merc Works from Instagram, who was a uh, um... Dave, my good friend Dave. Dave, who 
was a guest on the show prior. Look for his episode. His episode is uh, insane, everybody. It's really Dude, he has so many he's, crazy stories. He's wild, man. He's uh, He operates on a different level. He's either the chillest guy you've ever met or the most high-energy guy you've ever met. That's so funny, because when I met him, he was so chill, and then... <laughs> yeah, he's like a, it's like a but, switch on his back. But his story, but I feel like his stories were nuts. Like, like he was chill, yeah. but he, he had like crazy <laughs> wild stories. He tells them well too. Yeah. So we're, we're we're using uh Justin's episode to tease a uh, Merkworks episode. <laughs> but he yeah. does have a question, and uh, Dave asks, uh, "What's it like being so smart and funny?" You came to the wrong person, Dave. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have answers. I, I think he commented on the wrong episode prompt. Uh, you may want to figure out which artist he was actually trying to reach. So. You're too... Can't, I can't help Dave there. You can't so help humble. So humble. Too humble. So humble. Too Gotta humble. stay humble. So humble. Humble before, before the Lord. I like this question from at um, bsarich711. What is your least favorite comic that everyone else loves? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh God! Wait, like of yours? Oh, oh, I, oh, I don't know whether you think that we're yeah, trying no. to get your talk yeah. shit on other comic artists. Yeah, no, 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 okay, oh, no, okay, no, okay. no, no. I was, I was taken as like a comic that I made. That would have been was, so yeah. funny. If no, we're saying you have to roast someone and <laughs> yeah. cause a uh, cause some real drama, some real juice. Who's the, who's the comic that you hate the most? Don't get me started. <laughs> okay. on Heathcliff. God, that's that's tough to think of on the spot. Because it's funny, because those are the funniest ones where, you know, and I think that lends even more credence to just putting out bad stuff you think is bad. Sometimes you think it's bad, and everybody else is like, no, actually, you idiot, it's awesome. And you don't know why, but sure, so keep posting it. I think the biggest one, I, I get it, but it's not that funny to me. It was, I did one that was like almost like a parody of comics that are about like, you know, like, a personified life character coming in beating you up or like ruining your day mm. and so it's just a guy and he's frowning and then he gets a he gets a smile on his face and then this other guy comes in and he just has life written on his chest mm. and he says no and then the guy frowns and mm. that's it you know i was just like what i was trying to like reduce that type of joke to its absolute bare essentials <laughs> As, you know it's one of those things that happens a lot in like parody and satire where it's like it becomes the thing it's making fun of right mm. like my good friend alex norris with webcomic name i think oh yeah the same phenomenon happened there where it started as a parody and then just became what it was parodying in a great way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's it's similar in that way where i was just like Ugh, these you know these these comics about like life and uh you know like how life can beat you up what if, what if i just made him say no and it mm. made you sad <laughs> and everybody loves that comic it's just like like every time i post it it does well and you because know, it, it's it gets it's so raw i guess it's just like yeah that is how it is like you're feeling good and then just some force beyond your control knocks you down a notch and keeps you kind of neutral and there's even like spin-offs like there's one where someone changed life they swapped out life with data no and then that, <laughs> and like that opened up like a whole new audience of people who are like scientists and programmers and stuff like that 
and I, it's even more abstract to me where I just like, okay, I, I understand the concept, but it's just not funny to me personally, where I'm happy for you. And yeah, it's like one of my best selling prints are those two. Do you think that's because it's like a meme format? Like the like the, the limited amount of words made it like perfect for memes and it just kind of yeah, spread like crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another factor too. And that's that's a funny thing you bring up. I see this a lot where people as a crit as a the haters mm-hmm. will say that we're making a comic in the hopes that it becomes a meme. Mm. As like a strategy for like a marketing strategy, like they clearly have got this design so things can be swapped out and made into a meme and they'll go viral. And I can tell you definitively that I've never done that. Uh, I can go on record. I don't really love when my stuff becomes memes because it they it becomes out of your control uh-huh. and they can start putting yeah they can put whatever they want in it. Now think about that. They can put whatever they want in it. I mean, Pepe is a good example of that. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt Fury, uh-huh. the was a boys club or something. Yeah, and like you read that comic, and it's just like a bunch of stoner animals just hanging out and being gross and stuff. And then just what it became is yeah, 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 so Completely out different. of control. And like you know, he has to like disavow his own creation, which is insane. Uh-huh. So, and but my my counter to that is I think what people don't realize is that comics are just have the structures of what we now call memes you know like Mm. especially now that we like Mm -hmm. the phenomenon of like there's no recurring characters and i think people like to do is like have like a concept label a character labeled as a concept Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just that is a format that can be used as a meme Mm -hmm. it's not that comics are now being made to be memes you know yeah 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 it's yeah yeah yeah. i see what you're saying it's like it's like memes just ended up being a format that's very similar to what yeah. comics were already doing exactly. and then it just yes. it just kind of like a better way over. of saying it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got you i got you uh no that's a that's a it's really insightful that's really funny it's really interesting i've always wondered what it i've always wondered what it actually feels like to have comics become memes because yeah i don't know from from everybody who's had a comic that became a meme it sounds like it's not a great feeling right they always <laughs> like yeah. very upset about it and hate it in the end yeah i've never had anything like really truly go viral yeah yeah thankfully like the closest i came was like this comic where it's got, like a frog and a turtle the frog says uh the turtle says he's going to change the world and the turtle's like for the better <laughs> and the the turtle does not answer (laughs) like and and that became someone used that as the blueprint for like this meme with uh anakin and padme from star wars where they use the exact same dialogue of like i'm gonna change the world for the better right oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. i like i had seen the meme and didn't even like click with me like i had to go on the fucking know your meme website for them to explain to me that like they use your comic, dude. Like, oh, yeah, I guess. Whoa, really? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Oh. But, I mean, thankfully, I, it's it's removed from me, right? It's, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Yeah, Padme because it's not your the, art. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They just took your structure. They didn't the, Yeah, the joke art. structure. Yeah. It's cool. But, like, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's nothing bad, like, you know, yeah. the, the explosive levels, you know, of, like, Casey Green and the, you know, this is fine dog, you know. Nothing, I've never experienced anything like that. 
Mm. And I'm kind of thankful. Yeah. <laughs> I have it based on everything they say. We are not going to go through every single questions, but let's try to hit maybe. I feel like we've already kind of addressed the question from Alec to draw, which was how much of your inspiration comes from your daily life versus pulling ideas out of nowhere. Do you pull ideas out of quote unquote nowhere at all? I don't. Does that exist? I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. Like I said, there is those lightning bolt moments where something like I'm thinking about something and it clicks in a way where like the comic just drew itself in my brain from start to finish. Very rarely does it happen, but still I am thinking about something. It's not like I was like, you know, laying on a couch, like watching supermarket sweep (laughs) in a vegetal state. I should do a comic about Prometheus and the, and the Eagle and start drawing it immediately. doesn't happen. From at Triangle Cyclops on Twitter, should Sonic have blue arms or tan arms? Great question. And <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. It irrationally angers me that they gave him tan arms. It was the wor- one of the worst desi- uh, design decisions Sega's ever made. And that wrong was only righted by the new Sonic movies, where... Despite making that horrific, ugly version that everybody hated, the one thing they did right was they gave him blue arms. <laughs> mm. And I think that should be the new standard. Because if it's tan arms, it looks like he's wearing a sleeveless shirt. <laughs> sort yeah. Of. yeah, he looks like... like the guns. Yeah, he looks like you could hang out at the trailer park or something. It's just I, It doesn't look like... I think when people draw Sonic, they draw him with blue arms until someone in, is like, actually, he's got brown arms. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, really? Oh, like even like the new Sonic designs, as cool as his green eyes are and his giant shoes, still got those fucking brown arms. So yeah, blue, <laughs> blue. blue with a bullet. <laughs> I guess I'm only asking this question because I think you guys are friends from Ad Extra Fabulous on Twitter. <laughs> don't know this guy. You don't know this Sounds guy. Like an asshole. Fuck, fuck this guy. Fuck this no, guy. he's my friend. <laughs> I've actually worked out with him quite a bit. Yeah. Because the question is, how big is it? So if you didn't like him, I wouldn't ask. I'll say, I don't want to get too specific, but I'll say, whatever you're imagining, triple it. Triple it. I'm not going to say what. And then subtract five. And then add two. And and we're not going to tell you what those metrics, like what those measurements are or what scale they're at. But just subtract the number five and add the number two. And you will arrive at the answer. I am glad you brought up Extra Fabulous because that is like a a thing where we have a separate series I do with him called the, it was originally called Neighborhood Land. And it, and that was a unique experiment where uh, we try to make a Patreon exclusive comic. Oh, interesting. And see if that would work. And it kind of did, but not really. But it was fun. What does that mean, kind of, but not really? Is it just that like you didn't perform as well as you hoped it would or like yeah it just like there's a ceiling i felt because what the you know the goal was never post these comics Mm. outside of this patreon and you have to pay to see them Mm -hmm. so it was like a truly paywalled exclusive experience and it had like a good following but like it kind of just hit like a high and then just kind of like stayed there and kind of hovered and there was just like we could not figure like well how do you make this bigger Without mm. ever showing a comic, oh yeah, huh. that's 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 the trip. The trick is like you gotta put shit out for free, 
Yeah. You know, they get them hooked and then lead them in this and that direction. But that led to being a, we took those comics and we renamed them Eggs and Ben. And now we're putting them on this other platform called Tiny View, which is similar to Tapas. Mm-hmm. And they're another uh, comic platform trying to like make a, you know, make it sustainable for artists by paying them for their, for their uh, comics. And that is a fun series because that is like we were talking earlier about recurring characters. That one is actually one that has like recurring characters, the titular eggs and Ben, and they have their character type. So that is a fun outlet for me where I'm able to uh, explore having recurring characters that like have to have like consistent character traits. Tiny View is also curated, right? Like not anybody can uh, submit. Yeah, that one is unique in that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they, 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 specifically hire and reach out and have uh paid artists mm. and you can't just like go on there and start posting yeah unique approach i we'll see how it goes yeah <laughs> from at mr happy mind i don't know if you guys where did you hide the bodies <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was so terrified that this question would finally come up because he has to answer he's compelled by the court by the bible that he swore that oath on with those missionaries i've been avoiding this for so long when i finally have to come clean uh this is like the jinx moment if you've ever seen the show the jinx oh my god if you actually came out about the people that you murdered on this podcast it would be huge for you guys blow up and it would be our biggest episode do you want me to like go like you want to like pause the recording and i'll go kill a couple people and then (laughs) come back on and then like admit to it on your show yeah the only the only thing is we have to make sure that it doesn't sound like we asked you to do it because then we're implicated in the but that could turn into a big court case thing could be televised amber heard johnny depp's like like maybe this is the best thing for us this is how we be yeah this is how we become big thanks to and there's thanks to your murders and there's so (laughs) many distractions in the outside world i'd probably get so many comics done inside the big clink clink oh wait (laughs) Why are you going to jail? <laughs> oh, because I'm going to jail. Well, if if we're basically asking you to do a murder for our podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it's it, it's simple as just like the lead in this part. Okay. And then and then you ask me about the bodies. We go back to the body question and I, I keep accidentally I have the most incredible answer <laughs> asking you to kill somebody like we we're like okay, we'll take this part out and then we won't ask you. You keep asking me to kill people. <laughs> every time we hang out, it always every conversation goes in that direction. That guy right there just fucking do it right now. No. Take that rock. Take that rock. We'll get huge. We'll get Calm, huge calm down, this. Sean. No. This is the big moment. This is this big shining moment. You just want you're you're too afraid to do it yourself, and you just want to vicariously have someone else do it for you. Yeah, I'm more of like a puppet master manipulator, kind of like Charles Manson style. Yeah, yeah, Charles Manson. I was gonna say, yep. Yeah, I I brought that on myself because I quote tweeted you guys, and I was like, please don't ask me where I hide the bodies. And of course, of course, you tell people not to do something. What do they do? So yeah, I am not going to be disclosing. The location of these supposed bodies. Scavenger hunt. Alleged. Just scavenger alleged hunt. clues. Give some fun yeah, clues. Yeah, Geocache. geocaching. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I guess with this fun activity plan for y'all, going outside and scavenger hunt some bodies, maybe it's time for us to wrap up. 
I gotta, I gotta to go immediately primal. leave the house. We and and yes. everyone else should too because this uh, yeah. podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. We have to go find something else to do in a geocache. Just run out the door. Speaking of murder, speaking of murder, and scream, I'm trying to find the bodies. Speaking of murder, we're killing this podcast episode because it's finished. Ooh, <laughs> oh. good one, good one. Stick a fork in it. That would be a time for a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. That's the end of the screen. <laughs> Justin. All right. Um, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing your story. No, thank you. This is amazing. I I get so it's very rare to be able to talk about, you know, the stuff and like the creative process and production side of it and the business mm. aspect of it. So this has been a treat. Uh, you guys have been great. And just to let you know, after this podcast writes an idea down (laughs) about you uh and also thanks to our listeners follow us on social media at crtv block where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests huge thanks to our editor clements for editing the podcast and marco for helping us produce the show you love our show and support us on patreon becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews and access to our discord community um, you can also support us by uh, subscribing, commenting, and liking, and all that good stuff. It helps us reach out a wider audience. Click the link in the description of this episode uh, for Justin's socials and also for Patreon. I've been your host, V. And I was Sean. Keep being creative. We'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. <laughs>